Hello, this is Todd Littleton with ToddLittleton.net, home of Pathological, the podcast for the pastor theologian, and for anyone interested in the intersection between what we refer to as pastoral work or pastoral ministry and theology. We're glad you found us here at ToddLittleton.net. Maybe you happened on to us at thepastortheologian.com or thepastortheologian.net. Anyway, you found us. We're glad you're here. I want to uh, offer a quick follow-up podcast before I post Natalie's reprise of her interview we did uh, in the last summer. One of the things that, that came to mind was is, is this whole issue uh, that spawned this refocus and refresh wasn't solely about uh, finding a place to continue to learn or to follow that maxim that I mentioned, leaders are always learners. Really, one of the driving uh, issues uh, for me was what happens when whatever response to a particular life event has been inscribed into your understanding of a life of faith fails to make sense of an event or uh, sounds tinny in the face of deep grief. <clears throat> and so for, for me, I, I thought back to uh, an event in uh, a pastorate in Texas, and I remember receiving a phone call from a funeral home director in a town just a few miles away, and he called to say that there was a young couple who had not uh, a church home, no family nearby, and they had lost a child, not just a a child. They'd lost an infant child. And the funeral home was going to take care of the arrangements. Uh, They were going to take care of the expenses they were going to take care of everything at the cemetery. And this was to be just really a graveside service where it would have been the funeral home director, the couple, and myself. And I had no idea who these young people were. And I barely had time to get my mind around the fact of how, how would I have felt had it been one of my little girls. And... So I, I don't frankly recall uh, exactly my words. I, I know what my aim was. Um, the aim is, I think, what anybody would try to do in those moments is to make that as um, give the greatest sense that someone was present, that they weren't alone, and that uh, despite the feelings and what appears to be the evidence, they hadn't done anything to deserve what had happened to them. Now, I can't say that I, I recall their reaction or response. If, if I remember correctly, it was a very polite thank you, but the grief had to be just overwhelming. 
So last week, that was on my mind when I posted on Facebook uh, a question, has anybody ever stared into a small grave, the grave where uh, a small infant-sized casket resides in the dirt? And there were a few responses, uh, and, and one, one pastor in our state uh, responded that, that he had actually had that experience on both sides of that equation. I can't imagine it. And I don't know exactly how you prepare to formulate a pastoral response uh, when you can't find an approximate experience that would even give some depth to a moment of compassion or empathy, but you're really trying. And that came to my mind a number of years later. Uh, when uh, in our uh, current place of uh, service or ministry, we had a span where uh, we lost some young people. And I I remember the full weight of that uh, experience at the end still tending to what was haunting me all those years ago. And that was, you know, so how do you make sense of that? <clears throat> how do you how do you respond? And and then how do you do that with either without either crossing your fingers behind your back, hoping that you're right? How, how do you respond to to that? Now, I know that there are many systems out there that provide a maybe a pattern, you know, something like a flow chart. If this happens, then this is kind of the reply. And, and some seem, you know, perfectly fine with that. I just found the implications very difficult with nearly every possible response. And I don't mind the category of mystery. I just find it really, really difficult when... Your role, your vocation is to be present, and the expectation is to say something. And so, you know, words that that normally we spout without much uh, consideration began to, a noise not the correct word, but began to really cause a a great deal of um, dissonance, you know, that really so you you grapple with control and charge is God in control what does it mean if he is Uh, or or is God in charge or is there a difference you talk about the way we talk about purpose and plan and is there a difference I think there is and I don't think it's just a nuanced difference and so when we try to convince someone, you know, this somehow was in God's plan, um, or God planned it. That that really sounds very difficult. But you know, we there's there's a popular preacher in in our country, and um, I remember when in his town there was a tragic event, and um, he didn't seem to have any trouble um, pointing to the cause being a 
a particular group making a particular decision in his town. And it didn't sound too dissimilar uh, to what some pundit-styled TV preachers were offering after uh, Katrina. And I, I just don't know that we fully think through all the implications and how that's made to feel. So I, I, I actually thought about that recently in light of well, my home state here. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't long ago where in, this, in a single day in a state the size of Oklahoma, we had snow, we had ice, we had tornadoes, and we had earthquakes. Now, if all of those particular occurrences are the consequence of divine judgment on a thing, then maybe those who think that God ordained a particular party ought to switch allegiances before November. Because the conservatives and the conservative um Ethos is alive and well in Oklahoma. And so that's a wholly unsatisfying response to, to say that, uh, well, well, to flip the tables and to say that, you know, it, it must be this group is being judged for a thing. When, that, when you open that up, one, a lot of people don't feel comfortable with it, and there are not a lot of safe places to talk about it. It's not something you bring up because, you know, when you've been pastoring as long as I have and, and you're supposed to have those things all settled and figured out. You know, I had, a, had an experience working through the Gospel of Matthew some years ago and, you know, made a rediscovery that, that Jesus didn't always sew up parables, rarely answered questions, and seemed to feel as though it was okay to leave the those who were listening as well as those who are all these years later reading with a bit of indigestion over the thing. And so when I'd left a few messages uh, open-ended that way, and the call was, what are you going to do instead of, you know, pointing to some grand solution or some certain conclusion? Um, there were, there was at least some who were a little bit, uh, uh, out of sorts with that. And we talked about it and the line came back to me as I've settled all those issues. And, you know, the translation is, and I'm certain I'm right about it. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I, did, I didn't really know um, how exactly to respond to that. I, I know how I did respond to that and was, frankly, perfectly content myself to stay with the open-ended um, kind of indigestion sorts of uh, thing for the time being so what we could be forced to work through the implications all the way down and not just what met our own satisfaction. So when I think of these sorts of events and 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 that that I describe where this infant child or these series of losses we suffered or someone offering a patterned response to uh, evil, genuine evil or circumstantial evil or 
you know, what seems to be sort of kind of a natural disaster uh, sort of event. Um, I, I'm not terribly comfortable with all the patterned responses. And uh, so maybe along the way we'll have an interview or two and we'll explore those big questions. Uh, they're, not, they're not settled, uh, not for me. Um, and maybe not for you. And maybe that's what, that's what attracts you to this podcast. I, I, I hope it's not off-putting to you. Because I really hope you're willing to be open to, you know, thinking through uh, broadly, widely, and uh, pointedly as well at the text, at, uh, at, at Jesus, at uh, God's aim, so that the next time you face someone who's had to uh, console and, and offer comfort in a circumstance you never dreamed you'd be in, you too would feel a little bit more qualified by pointing to the things you can say and uh, uh, not the things that by implication sound really, really horrible. So <clears throat> we'll, uh, uh, we'll look at that. Maybe there's a, a way to think about uh, how that works. I, I was listening to an interview with uh, Andrew Soong Park and... Um, he was talking broadly uh, about a couple of subjects, and uh, he had this line I really liked uh, that normally when we talk about the good news and the, the gospel, we are talking about that being for sinners. And so it's very easy for us to um, look at all people around us and determine who the sinners are, so the good news is for them. And And, and aside from the way that that kind of creates a smugness about ourselves and sometimes even not just a bit of arrogance that now that we found the good news we're not like that you know there are a couple of scenes in the life of Jesus that kind of make that pretty poignant but what happens to those who might rightly in the broadest of senses uh, fall under that like we all do as sinners we all are missing God's dream design and hopes for us and and yet their life experience has really been one where they've been predominantly sinned against and so now we tell the good news only for sinners and not for the sinned against as if Jesus only took care of sinners and not the sinned against and uh, Andrew Sung Park, he, he talked about Han, a, a, a Korean uh, idea of injustice. And you, you start thinking about uh, all the ways that some people uh, are sinned against. We could talk about human trafficking. Uh, we, we could talk about the, the still very real realities of race. Uh, we could talk about uh, the, the various ways that we are cordoning off populations because of their religious uh, affinities. And it's not long before a group of people, um, by experience, fill the category sinned against. And we don't talk about the good news in that way because uh, we, we only talk about how Jesus is for sinners. Um, but when you start, you know, putting the story of Jesus together— uh, it seems like as one who died at the hands uh, wrongfully of uh, a, you know, a variety of systems in collusion to 
put an end to his message and ministry. Um, Jesus died as a sinned against. And, uh, and so we, we might do well uh, to think about those who've been sinned against. And I'm not so sure that uh, the, the church and some of the ways we respond to people in grief and we talk about their God and what he does or does not do or what God's self does or does not do. And we, we may be sinning against them in the way we talk about those things. And uh, that was kind of a startling uh, thought for me, and, and maybe it will help you uh, kind of get a little uh, idea why pathological is important to me, uh, why it, it hopefully will be a place where we can see this intersection and we can explore um, ways in which we can be more faithful pastorally, both to those with whom we serve, minister, and live, and uh, faithful to the vision of God and Jesus. And that we might have to uh, do away with some of our interpretive assumptions that come uh, handed to us as uh, as a consequence of maybe some systematization or some some uh, framework that we feel a whole lot better about. Because I think sometimes we feel much better about our framework than we do grappling with Jesus. I know that's a binary people don't like, but I just know from experience and conversation that tends to be how that gets how that gets mapped. So um, stay around, stay tuned, uh, offer some thoughts, uh, give your perspective, and appreciate you do that in the com- comment section. And as always, as we continue to kind of uh, push out uh, those reprised uh, interviews, and we get our uh, new interviews scheduled and recorded. You know, I'm, I'm going to hope that uh, what you're busy about doing is uh, recognizing that this could be a good place, a safe place for you here at ToddLittleton.net, home of Pathological, a podcast for the pastor theologian and those interested in that intersection. Remember, you can find us uh, on Stitcher, uh, on iTunes, subscribe, and uh, we're going to rework the whole email system and uh, make that a, a, another easier way to find out what's going on. But I want to say thanks for uh, tuning in.